Hi, I'm April Klimkevich. And I'm Amanda McClooney, and this is Her Step Forward, where we share stories from women who step up, step out, and step forward into careers and lives they love. Rachel Gersten is a New York City-based therapist and health and wellness coach with a passion for helping people lead their healthiest lives possible. She completed her undergraduate degree at the Arizona State University, where she double majored in psychology and human development, then attended Teachers College Columbia University and earned two master's degrees in psychological counseling. Since then, she's worked in a variety of settings, providing mental health services and therapy to clients, and most recently co-founded Viva Wellness, a holistic wellness practice and company located in Brooklyn, New York. When she's not working, you can find her running in Central Park and in every race possible, cheering on her sports teams and planning the next time she's going to eat. And that's why we love you, Rachel. <laughs> Even though we're just feeding you today, we're eaters. <laughs> All plans are based around food. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Definitely sounds like we have a lot in common. <laughs> so Rachel, welcome. Um, to get us started, can you talk to us about becoming a therapist and providing mental health services? What made you pursue a career in this industry? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited to be here, especially knowing that I'm talking to other people who plan everything around their hunger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I actually like went into undergrad knowing I wanted to be a psychology major and knowing I eventually wanted to be doing therapy. Um, I took a couple detours to that, but eventually came back to the original idea. But yeah, I actually took a psychology class in high school. And it's funny because the teacher was not great, but I loved it. And I grew up watching Frasier. Like that's still my favorite show. And I'm sure that had an influence. So it was just always something that I really wanted to do. And, you know, for a while after grad school, I worked in nonprofit, I was in management roles, and I really liked that, especially the management side of it. Um, when I was in elementary school, I used to play Office, like Office Max was my favorite store because I was in the kid. And so apparently that really stuck. But I just really got burnt out on that for so many reasons. And then at one point it was like, yeah, like I need to go back to what I originally got into this field for. And then that turned into Viva Wellness. That's awesome. And can I tell you, being a career coach and counselor, it is so rare that somebody knows at such a young age and actually like follows through with pursuing that thing. So that's really cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, everybody changed their major a whole bunch of times, and there I thought about it, but I was like, I don't really, really want to do anything else. I'm not sure how much you know about me, but I was trained as a therapist. I am a career coach, and I also teach yoga, kind of for fun. So I feel like we have a lot in common. Although for some people, there's not always an obvious link between the ideas of physical and mental well-being. But you take this approach in your practice. Viva Wellness. So can you share a little bit about your idea to combine the two in your business venture? Yeah, my business partner and I have just always thought that. Um, my business partner is also my closest friend in the world. So we've had many conversations about work and he's also a therapist. We went to grad school together. So we've had many conversations about work and just the world. And I just generally don't understand why it ever became separate you are in one body. Like, this is one person that is you. So why did we start separating 
your mental and emotional well-being from the rest of you as if it's like two separate things where it's all connected. It's that song that you learned as a kid with like the shin bones connected to the ankle bone. (laughs) But your head is on your body also. And what you feel affects your physical everything. And it just, I don't know when that ever became separate. So that was something that we felt really strongly about is getting back to the idea of you are one person and everything is connected to everything else. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's so important. And I feel like if we look at other cultures, their medicine is very different from the way that ours is. And so that, you know, just depending on where you happen to be born, you're taught certain ways. And we've certainly been taught to separate those things. So I think it's really cool that you're putting them back together with your company. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we've just so many people have had such positive feedback to that idea. And we've had clients that have come and said, Oh, you know, we're I'm reaching out to you guys, because you're the only ones that I've ever seen that actually talk to us about everything, which just sounds just seems so crazy to me. But I'm really glad that we're able to do that for people. Yeah. And I think to your point, you're so right. I I know that you know, April and I living in South Florida is a very like health conscious area, but I can't think of like anywhere else that I've heard of, you know, combining both the mental and physical side of things. And it just makes so much sense because you are one person. So why separate the two? (laughs) Right, exactly. I can't talk to somebody who's been experiencing an increase in anxiety or an increase of depression or just a general blah feeling without also saying like, hey, are you being active? Has that decreased or increased? Are you eating right? You know, sometimes it's really just about that. And it's hard to necessarily parse that out if you don't really, if you're not used to doing that, which a lot of us are not used to thinking of it that way, Mm -hmm. but it's all related. And so I don't, yeah, I just never understand how you can leave that piece out with any side of it. You know, if you go in and you say, oh, I've been having headaches, like, should somebody not ask, like, how have you been doing recently? Like, what's going on in your life Mm -hmm. before kind of throwing all this medication at them, which is unfortunately usually what happens. And on the flip side, it's like, if somebody has been feeling just really blah, it's like, have you been getting enough sleep? Have you been eating right? It's, you know, that's not always such a simple fix, but it's definitely always a component in what's going on with somebody. Right. And I'm so glad that you pointed out the sleep side of things, because I feel like that's something that I'm hearing more and more, um, I guess, in the news and media is, you know, I think that we've known for a long time that you need this sleep, but it, it, for some reason, people, I think, get caught up in our society today of wanting the quote unquote hustle. And they've glamorized it so much that they almost like um, push themselves to the brink of, you know, like, of of what's not healthy and what's not okay. And I think that if you take a step back, you're probably able to hustle a lot better if you get your rest and your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's crazy because I still forget that sometimes. Like there will be times where I'm having, you know, just really like off days or my runs haven't gone the way I wanted them to. And I start going down the rabbit hole of, oh my God, what crazy thing is wrong with me? And then I take a step back and say, I haven't slept well. <laughs> Maybe we try that first. And it always works. It's like 99% of the time, it's that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. It's funny. I tell close friends and people like, okay, if I get a little bit testy, 
just imagine that I'm a baby and check in with me. Have I ate? Have I slept? Have I had a hug lately? <laughs> like, <laughs> like we are not that much more complicated than when we were four. So like, have you, have you laughed? Do you need to go to bed? Do you need right. to have a talk? You know, do you need Did to I sit down? Water? <laughs> it's like, go with it. We always forget to go with the simple solutions first. And, you know, there's obviously not to minimize people's mental health or physical concerns, but it's like those things, even if they're not the answer, will always at least help. Yes. The basics. Right. So on that note, Rachel, I know that being physically active has played a really huge role in your life. um, And specifically running is something that's really important to you. Can you talk to us a bit about how your fitness journey has helped you to manage your chronic pain? Yeah, so actually kind of funny because running was something I was always told I couldn't do. Um, I have, without boring people about like very strange orthopedic things, I have a uh, knee tracking disorder, which going back to the idea of everything being connected Ironically, often because I receive a treatment now, my knees aren't a problem, but you know, one thing being misaligned causes a lot of problems everywhere else, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was always told with the years of kind of managing it, figuring out what to do was running with that. Well, I got to a point a few years back where it just, everything hurt. You know, I was doing everything I was quote unquote supposed to doing, and it was still a problem. Like, couldn't sit in a restaurant without being in pain problem. And at that point I said, well, you know what, if I'm going to be in pain, I'm going to do what I want to do. Cause not doing what I want to do isn't helping. I'm still here. Right. And so I decided to train for my first half marathon and that went apparently really well because I'm actually running my 27th half marathon on Sunday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's wow. impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it just changed everything. You know, it became a thing where I've always been active. I did martial arts forever. And I was always somebody who was very competitive, like not necessarily with others, but with myself, like that mm-hmm. feeling of accomplishment of just doing this really hard thing was something that I loved and didn't have for such a long time. And getting that back was amazing. And it also made it easier to do all the things that would help my pain generally, because I wasn't doing it anymore for, hey, like, let's do these exercises that aren't really fun, just so you can sit in a chair. Like, that's, I I had a really hard time, you know, getting behind that. Mm -hmm. But to say, oh, let's do these things, because it will make you a stronger runner, that I'm on board with. And it Mm -hmm. just helped everything and it just made it to it just gave me something that I was missing and made it so much easier just to take care of myself generally. That's awesome. I think that there are so many different ways to move through the world and I feel like we just need to find what works for us and what works for our bodies. And so that's a really cool story. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the most important thing. People try all these exercise things and all these like routines and all of that it's like you have to like it you yeah know, people I saw an article recently that was like what's the best way to burn fat I'm like the thing you'll do yeah <laughs> like, what do you want to get up to do what do you enjoy doing and it's fine if it's running it's fine if it's just walking around your neighborhood because you can have all these lofty goals but at the end of the day if you don't like it you're probably not going to do it that's exactly true. yes yeah and I think we've all been there <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
I've, I've tried a lot of different things and knowing what you're going to stick with is probably, well, at least for me, I don't know. It's probably like 75% of the battle, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Being really honest with yourself about what works for you and what doesn't. I tried running groups and it doesn't work for me. And that's one of the things that, you know, they always say run with a group. Oh, they're great. And there's a million of them in New York and they're amazing. And I think they are all really motivating. It just is not my thing. Like give me one or two people that I can have a conversation with or a podcast or music. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. A big group. Like, no, I don't like this. But yeah. it, so you have to be honest with yourself to just say, hey, this doesn't work for me. Let me do what does. Yep. And it's so funny that you should bring that up about big groups versus kind of like one-on-one interactions because the last person that we interviewed for the podcast, we talked about kind of personality assessments with and personality style. And Amanda and I were just talking this morning about extroversion versus introversion. Introverts aren't avoidant of people. They just like one-on-one conversations. (laughs) My, uh, My business partner and I just actually did a podcast on that topic and said the exact same thing of that I am very on like the scale of the Myers-Briggs and extroverted, like not by much, but mm. right. I would rather prefer a, like a deep, meaningful conversation with a couple people mm-hmm. than massive amounts of small talk. It's great for people who love it. It's just not for me. Right, right. <laughs> Isn't, Isn't that funny? I was going to just say, it's <laughs> so funny how your personality type goes over into everything, even your fitness routine and what works for you and doesn't. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. (laughs) So it's easy for people on the outside looking in to see success, but we don't always see the obstacles. And for us and for this podcast, it's important that we present, you know, kind of like, how did we get here? Because we know that people listening are thinking like, how am I going to get there? So can you talk about some highs and lows on your path to being an entrepreneur? Yeah. And I love that you say that because I think generally we don't share the struggle enough and I think that's what leads to you know people having some comparison issues like with social media because yes. you just see highlights and everything looking pretty and it's like no 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 we got to talk about the things that are hard too yes. <laughs> yep the biggest thing I think for me that I was not expecting when transitioning into being an entrepreneur is that I was prepared for the increased workload. I was ready to say like, hey, I'm going to do work on weekends or there's going to be days that are crazy. And, you know, it's going to be a balancing act in terms of scheduling. Like you just have to get it done. What I was not prepared for was the emotional toll of it because you can't leave work at work anymore if you are work. Right. (laughs) Like how do I separate and say like, okay, I'm leaving and I'm done for the day. But like, Viva Wellness is still like I am half of that. Like it is still my responsibility, and like I'm so grateful to have a partner that I can rely on. But it in the middle of the night, I'm like worried about these random things that don't even necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. At least it's all. But that like you can't turn it off because you are your job. And one conversation that I will always remember is that it was a maybe a couple months after we opened, and. Um, Jarrell, my business partner, and I were sitting with my husband and a good friend of mine, and it had just been a really like rough week. And we're sitting there at lunch and like clearly, apparently, looking like we need a serious nap or a large drink. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> and there, 
they're like, oh, but what's wrong? Like we thought Viva was doing fine. And we're like, Viva Wellness is fine. Like we are not fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, I was absolutely not prepared for that. And I think it was really hard to get into a place of like, okay, how am I going to be okay with the emotional highs and lows? Like we've been pretty lucky in terms of the business not really hitting any huge issues, like knock on wood, I say this, and hopefully that doesn't happen tomorrow. But it's that emotional investment and that kind of entrepreneurial fear of that, wow, this isn't guaranteed, like this could go awry at any point and how much of yourself you put into it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just really not ready for that. And it took me, I want to say a good couple months to be able to get out of that place of just feeling really emotionally burnt out and done to, you know, kind of come out of the tunnel and say like, okay, this is something that I can manage. This is something that I don't have to let consume me. It'll still be there. It'll be stressful. But here are these better ways that I have to manage it now rather than just like being in this super dark place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that balance is so important. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, Rachel, I'm curious, how do you find balance? Because you're, you know, you're an entrepreneur and a business owner. I'm sure you're trying to keep up with the social life and having quality time with your loved ones and, you know, everyone needs some grounding time for themselves. So like, how do you find that balance? I'll preface this by saying like, I don't like or believe in the stereotypical form of balance that everyone says like, oh, you take, you have this pie and it's 25% to this and 25% to this and so on. And, and that's what your balance is. And I'm like, no, no, I think the pie shifts. So when we first opened business was like 75% of my mental energy. And for example, and everything else needed to fit within that. And so like the rest of the 25%, everything else shrunk. If I'm training for a big race or just, you know, life in general, because I'm running takes up a lot of my time all the time, that (laughs) takes up a piece of the pie. You know, if there's a friend that I haven't seen in a while, I have to shift some things around to say like, hey, I got to make time for this person. So that week, that might take more time. But then a couple days later, I might say I'm really burnt out. So I need to expand my me time piece of the pie. So I think it shifts depending on what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely something that it takes a lot of being mindful of to say, okay, what do I need to focus my attention on this week? You know, do I need to take a time out? Do I need a day where I say, hey, like, I'm sorry, friends, family, other people, work. I need this day and I'm not going to do anything compared to if I say, wow, like, there's a friend of mine I haven't seen in like over a month and I really would like to hang out with them. Okay, so then maybe I take some of that rest time or some of that time with somebody else, or maybe I leave work an hour earlier and make sure not to schedule a late client that night, for example, mm-hmm. and dedicate that time to seeing the person that I want to, you know, maintain my connection with. So I think it's always shifting and you just need to be as mindful as possible about what requires your attention on that particular day or week and kind of shift the pie, you know, as you need to. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy of of a pie and that it doesn't always have to be that, you know, social activity is 10% of the pie and always remembering just like in real life, pie slices come in different sizes. And so <laughs> <laughs> this is how I'm thinking of it because again, I love food, but <laughs> now I want pie. I know. 
Yeah, five great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like, like to, your, your analogy to, that, you know, the, the sizes of the pie have to shift according to what's going on in your life. Yeah, and I'm, I would not lie to anybody and say that there's time to do it all. That's not a thing. Um, I think while we're building this business, you know, we're just under a year old, there is less time for a social life, for example. You know, I've decided this part of my life is really dedicated to business and to my running. And then the rest of everything else kind of has to fit into that. And I'd be dishonest to say that there's not, there aren't people I wish I could see more of or events that I wish I could attend, but it's making a choice. And I think that's what a lot of people miss too when trying to balance things is that decide what your priorities are and that can shift you know from day to day or it can be kind of stagnant in some ways and shift slightly but it's decide what you want to dedicate your time to so even though there are definitely days where I'm like man really wish I didn't have to you know make sure I went to bed at this time because I have to get up to run in the morning so I could hang out with these people but that is a choice that I'm making. And that is the choice that overall is right for me. There's a quote on my fridge that I've had forever that every time I say it, I always feel like I'm going to butcher it. But it's a quote that I printed out when I started running that is the greatest source of basically failure and unhappiness is trading what you want most for what you want right now. Mm. And I've always tried to focus on that mentality of that. What am I going to want overall? So and that I just think makes it so I'm choosing the things that are most important to me. And again, shift it around when you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a step away from the instant gratification culture that we have become so used to. And it's saying, you know, what about the long term? What about right. true joy? Right. Rachel, it's been so cool to have you on the podcast today. We have one last question for you. What's your best? piece of advice for women looking to take their next step forward? To just do it. And that sounds super like I'm advertising for Nike. Or <laughs> really but you just, you decide what you want to do and then you figure out what you need to do in order to make it happen. And that doesn't mean, you know, that it's going to be easy or that there's not going to be sacrifices to be made. But if you decide that, taking a step forward in whatever it is, is going to be what makes you happy and it's going to be what you want to do, then you, you figure it out. And you, when you hit an obstacle, you don't say, oh man, this is too hard. I can't. You say, okay, how am I going to work around this? Mm-hmm. And it's a slow process. You know, that might not come to you right away, but if you have that mentality of that, this is going to happen, it's just a matter of how or when or what needs to change in order for it to be easier or anything like that. And just continuously remind yourself that you can do it. It's hard, 100%. It's definitely hard. Change of anything is hard. And taking a leap into something new is always hard. But you can do hard things. It's just a matter of doing the hard things. But don't let the fact that it's hard stop you or make you feel like you can't do it because you can do hard things. I love that. And I, that when you say you can do hard things, like, I just feel like, yeah, like I've done hard things and I know our listeners, I'm sure have done hard things in the past as well. And so there's evidence that we can, um, overcome and we can do hard things. And so that's really awesome advice. Thank you. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I tell myself that all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, with that, we want to say thank you for everyone for joining us today. And thank you to you, Rachel, for taking the time to share your story with us. Oh, absolutely. This was so much fun. I'm so glad to have been on. We enjoyed it also. Um, As always, we're looking forward to sharing more stories soon. In the meantime, check out our website at herstepforward.com or follow us on Instagram at herstepforward for all the latest updates. If you'd like to reach out to us, shoot us a message on Instagram or email us at info at herstepforward.com. See you next time.